1: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
2: hello everybody and welcome to ramble reacts newcastle booted manchester city out of the cup and chelsea won a match it's thursday 28th of september i'm marcus speller
3: and i'm Eddie russell
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ramble Reacts. Good to have you with us. Uh, oh, we've still got the afterglow of the Carabao Cup last night. Andy Brassel, your local side, now that you're the uh, the MP for Newcastle, um, <laughs> in as much as you travel down to London a few days a week and then you go back up to your constituency. But they still are your local club. They beat Manchester City 1-0. The quadruple is dead. For Man City, Andy. I was going to say but it's yeah. still alive for those Geordie boys. What did you think of the game?
3: Uh, it was it was it was a very interesting game. Uh, the first half and the second half were night and day. I couldn't mm. really understand um, the commentary's obsession with the fact that Newcastle were having none of the ball in the first half. I mean, <laughs> really, is an upshot of well, a player Manchester City. And being the squad that Newcastle have at the moment, they don't have a Man City type squad, even if they're looking yeah. to to go in that direction. You know, when you're starting your game with Jamal LaSalle and Paul Dummett, although both him. acquitted themselves excellently, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's an indication of where you are in, in, in terms of depth. So, you know, slating them for not being more progressive when, you know, you only have half a good team on the pitch, I, I think is a... Is, is is a bit weird. Um, having said that, they uh, turned it around really nicely second half. But in, in terms of subs, are we saying anyhow, outwitted or out-actioned, at least, Pep Guardiola? Because you've got the greatest striker in world football just sat around mm-hmm. on the bench, stood around on the touchline for a bit. And there are so many moments where you think... Oh, if Haaland had been in on on the pitch for that ball coming in the box, it would have made a massive difference. I mean, it, it didn't to me feel like Guardiola was massively desperate to win it.
2: Yeah, I th- do you think they're bored of winning it?
3: <laughs> well, it was like, it was like their gateway drug, and now they're um, now they've done the treble. They're knee deep in the second hour of train spying.
2: Yeah, I, <laughs> I think uh, that there was always talk of the quadruple, wasn't there? Because of that incredible yeah. season they had. When the, I say the only one, but they they with just the league, and the league cup. I think it was when Wigan knocked them out of the FA Cup. Whereas now they've won, they won the treble obviously last season. Do you think they think to themselves, oh, do you know what? That's fine. Like that's we just do the treble. That's what we're after. Okay, the quadruple proved a bridge too far. We all got our knickers in a twist over that. Let's just concentrate on that because uh, has already talked about the defence of the Champions League. Um. In- they're, you know, they're they're flying in 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 the Premier League. Obviously, they want to win this competition. You want to win every competition you enter. But he did talk about giving some players more of a chance and whatnot. So it didn't surprise me hugely that he didn't throw everything at it. Although they were pressurizing um, Newcastle towards the end of the game. But then, at, at one point, you say that maybe he wasn't that bothered or whatever. He ben. was quite literally spitting with anger uh, when he got that yellow <laughs> card, wasn't he? Did you see? There was a lot of flob. I don't like to see that at, at the best of times. But, but Guardiola um, was very, very angry and he was doing that thing where he was like nodding, going, all right, yeah, yeah, And I thought to myself, it, it did, it did any lip reader catch him say, oh, I know, see you at the back gate after, mate? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I think, I think I... They, they played a good side in Newcastle Newcastle obviously made changes as well. It's not as bad as being beaten by Nathan Jones at Southampton. Is all I'm saying. You it's know?
3: not as much of an honour as being beaten by Nathan Jones Southampton <laughs> because that that puts you in a more niche category. I, I, I guess the, the thing that struck me with Guardiola because he spoke pretty much about he made that little joke about um, having a game. You know, if if, mm-hmm. if he could get a game, maybe maybe give himself twenty minutes or or, or whatever, didn't he? And it, when he was on the touchline getting yellow carded, that's the thing, isn't it, about coaches getting carded. It mm. feels like, especially if they're a great player, they're back in the zone of being yeah, yeah, really yeah. in it again. Yeah. I wonder if there was a little bit of itching. Now he's got his back sorted. And he's like, oh, you know what? I wouldn't mind a kick about.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he obviously didn't bring himself on because that would have been ludicrous. Um, he did bring on a few <laughs> no, players, obviously. you know, Doku, Nunes and, and Phil Foden, which suggested that he was going for it. So I understand it wasn't Haaland, uh, but, of course, they wanted to win. But they, they did. And, and that period where where Newcastle, straight out of the traps in the second half, that's where the game was won, of course. That's where uh, the goal was scored from um, Alexander Izak, Who, yeah. by the way, talking about, you know, spitting with anger and so on, a couple of times of late, you know, he, he got one against Sheffield United. He scored one today. He almost looked quite zombie-like, uh, you know, when he scored, baring his teeth. He was very um well much more lively for a zombie i should say but he maybe a snarling dog andy he snarled a bit in celebration when he got that goal uh why do you think that is is he he's missed a little bit of football here and there he's just so delighted he's so pumped up and we saw him when he made that interception not long after the goal he was celebrating to the crowd he was there was a lot of fire in his belly
3: he is one of those players who i think it is felt since he arrived at newcastle as if he's really pumped by the atmosphere at st james's park it it mm. does something with him and um, he's he's really connected with those fans which is which is great but the difference he was able to make during the second half it it did underline i, I hate to go back to it again the the, the holland thing i know you're saying Guardiola went for it because he, he brought on Foda and he brought on Nunes, and he brought on Doku. And by the way, Doku, you can just tell mm. that Guardiola is going to make him to, into one of the best players in the world already, can't you? Yeah, in, in these couple of weeks. is it's, it's been obvious. But the fact is, City can say they want to win it or wanted to win it until they're blue in the face. They finished the game without a proper sense of order. I mean, they took Alvarez off as, as, as well. So what is the sense in that? There, there were so many moments where you thought how were they going to score a goal you should never hmm. be thinking that about manchester city should you
2: newcastle was solid though so they didn't give them much room they were. i mean the, the the newcastle midfield you know when you got Joel linton in there andy running around and so on making okay. tackles making plays you know it's he, he's quite the force uh, to be reckoned with um there was a great tackle at one point in this game by uh, the young lad liv uh, livramento of course hotly tipped it was excellent. to be yeah but he was tipped when he was at southampton to go on to to be like an England international and so on. How highly do you rate him?
3: Um, from, from what I've seen, really highly. He looks great. Um, I, I think he's ideal for this season because, you know, people are saying Kieran Trippi is in the way, well... You know, if Newcastle go deep in competitions like one of Kieran Trippier is not going to play 50 games this season, then he shouldn't be playing 50 games this season at his age. He's vital and he needs to be protected. And also, Liveramento can play in midfield. I think we've we've seen that as, as as well. But, yeah, really, really impressive performance from him. As far as Joel Linton goes, you know, he's become such an extraordinary player and so important mm. for them and I don't really think there's a player who embodies what Eddie Howe has, has done to Newcastle as much as Joe Linton of course the signings have been really important um, we, we know about the resources all of that sort of stuff but it's how he's got more out of existing players who just didn't look any good before he turned up mm. as, as as well before Howe turned up and uh, Joe Linton's the most obvious one also I think with worked out a little mystery. Like, um, people who watched a lot of Casemiro in Spain uh, talked about his invisibility cloak, how he could um, make loads of bookable fouls and, and not mm-hmm. get cautioned for any of them. And he got sent off twice in his first season in, in England, didn't he? Um, <laughs> and people were wondering if he, if he left it in Madrid. I think he's just loaned it to Charlton because now <laughs> he can do that thing of making all these bookable fouls and getting away with it. And I'm here
2: for it. I mean, Casemiro's chipped him of the few more goals, people than that, that people thought. Made. So maybe that was the payoff, wasn't it? Maybe you had to trade in that invisibility cloak. I had oh, a few more than Charlinton actually, as well. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, there you go. So it backs it up. If you've yeah. got the cloak, you're not only invisible to the referee, but sometimes your teammates in the final third of the pitch. <laughs> um, but, it, but it was a great win for Newcastle, nonetheless. It really, really was. It's another marquee result. I, I've said this a few times on the um, the podcast before. I don't think Eddie Howe kind of gets the credit he deserves with what's going on here. And that's partly or perhaps mainly to do with the whole ownership business with Newcastle United. Obviously, we know the controversy and and, and so on and so forth. Um, They've bought well. They have spent a fair few quid. It is fair to say. But Eddie Howe, with not a massive CV going into that club, has gone in there. They play, and he t- he spoke the other day, didn't he? When they beat Sheffield United eight 0 and he s- s- spoke about you know the, the the desire to entertain, and the Newcastle fans having had such a awful time with Mike Ashley and and whatnot and terrible football. Yes, they've got money to spend now. Uh, whatever one may think of where that money comes from, but Eddie Howe. He's got them playing a, 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 an electrifying kind of style, really. You, they, they're great to watch. The passion is there for all to see, personified in that ISAC uh, block we spoke about earlier. And, and the team spirit as well. We talk about these players coming in. They come in and they've slotted in here. You know, this right. wasn't a fortuitous yeah. backs to the walls kind of job. This was a very, very good performance, and a comfortable one 0 win against albeit a weakened Man City. But it's still Manchester City, and as we say, Newcastle weakened as well. Eddie Howe has just the city is now pumping for for the the team, and the spirit, and all the rest of it that he's instilled in there. Perhaps with the 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 help of his good friend uh, Old Tyndall, Mad Dog. Um, I just, I think sometimes, Andy, when we talk about Newcastle, we sometimes forget to give old Eddie a bit of credit.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think the job he's done really is, is extraordinary because I think, like the, as you say, the resources are clear. Um, I, I would say they play good football. They play good football to watch
2: sometimes, not okay, always. Okay. I was maybe um, a little... See, I'm getting caught up in it. No, as well, Andy.
3: look, it's, it's it's just my opinion. It's just my opinion. You feel free to disagree with me. I, I, I think that. The thing that really strikes me is that on the basis of what he did at Bournemouth, you never would have picked him as the person to sort the defence out. Mm. And that's what he's done, which is remarkable. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we talk about this 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 little run that they're on at the moment. Um, since they rolled over Brentford, which it was a game they really need to win because they're on the back of three successive losses there. And um, it, it felt as if, you know they're having a, a real after the Lord Mayor's show start to the season um, mm. four games no goals conceded and I think that is the key really and if you look at them this season they're going to find it very very hard to repeat what they did last season because like I said I, I just don't think the squad's good enough yet um, if they get further in the Champions League and even, even if they don't get further in the Champions League it's really going to occupy their minds and their their, their bodies and it's going to take a lot out of them Mm -hmm. I think that when you look at um, what he's put in place, that they are athletic, that they they can dig in. All -hmm. of that stuff is really, really important to be able to get results when you're at 70 or 80% of your best. I mean, that Mm -hmm. is, is, is something that's really impressive. And, you know, they weren't start to finish brilliant Tonight, for example, you know, they struggled a little bit in the, in the first half, even, even though, as I said, I thought some of the, some of the criticism of them and uh, the way they approach came was a little bit unfair. But I, I think that is, that, that is the main thing for them, really. The, the fact that he's made them so incredibly disciplined. Whatever happens next with Eddie Howe and whatever happens next with Newcastle, he will walk out of this job and people will look at him differently. People, you know, they thought he was a a coach of promise. And when people linked him with the England job in the past, it's because, well, no one of renown really wanted it. He was English and promising. Whereas now you could see how, whether it's... I'm not necessarily the next coach of England but maybe two England coaches down the line or whatever you could see him being able to do a good job for England I, th- I think if, if people mentioned him as a future England manager uh, people wouldn't find that outrageous and that's a comment on how well he's done in in two years because money or not that they were dreadful when he when, it, when he took over and
2: mm.
3: you know he's, he's made a massive impact.
2: I'm glad you're talking about England, Andy. We should never lose sight of the big picture on the football. Never. Um Newcastle have drawn Manchester United at Old Trafford in the next round of the cup. <laughs> uh, so they do have a chance to uh, to to pay them back somewhat. It wouldn't be a full payback because Man United beat them in the final of this competition. But if they not could James get a Brown. result there... No, <laughs> it's not the big payback, no. as you say, Andy. No. But it would be something. Um, but Eddie Howe certainly certainly... Uh, paid the cost to be the boss
3: yeah, yeah exactly it'd be a bit more keep the change a filthy animal wouldn't it
0: <laughs> hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank
4: And does. Can he play a colleague through? It's Jacob Murphy released. Murphy one on one. Jacob Murphy to win it. Oh, oh no, just put no, it in
2: the no. net. Liverpool beat Leicester 3 1 at home. Uh, so there was no cup set Andy even though you thought this wouldn't be a cup set if Leicester won it which it clearly would have been (laughs) it didn't happen so we don't have to have that debate we've all been spared of that thank goodness No, Uh, Leicester did lead after just a few minutes of course and I did think there was a oh I'm looking forward to a good old ding dong with Andy but uh, Liverpool um, put that to bed Dominic Sabosalai pinged in an absolute beauty, and a very, very satisfying goal.
3: It's very satisfying, but let's not get into Sobber's Lie. Casey McAteer, Ooh. who uh, scored for Leicester, was playing for Wimbledon last season. So talk about flying up the leagues. Very impressive. He, look, he looked a good player, but to become a good player for like a championship side, or as we were saying earlier on, on yesterday's ramble, almost... Uh, a Premier League side that's on loan to the Championship. It was very impressive. He's had a really good start to the season. He's a good player.
2: Can we talk about Sabosalai now?
3: Yeah, go on. The thing is, okay. it's obvious. What What is there to say? He's absolutely one of the best shooters in world football from distance.
2: That's all there is to, 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 to yeah, say. It's, it's nice when someone proves that though, Andy, because he did come with this reputation. Oh. I think that it's been a little bit underplayed um, how good a shooter he was or is. So to see him start to, to to ping them in, it's 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 wonderful stuff. And it's a, a player that not many of us really knew much about. We've seen him a bit with Hungary, obviously Hungary. <laughs> humbled England a couple of times recently. Um, but for those of us who are not as well entrenched in um, Bundesliga territory as you are, uh, to, to see this reputation come into fruition in the Premier League, because it only counts in the Premier League, Andy, let's be honest. <laughs> um <laughs>
3: Well, it doesn't. It doesn't count for Leipzig, does it? Let's be honest.
2: So well, uh, there you go. But uh, one of the things that we've found out recently um, about uh, old Dominic is that apparently he has unusually small feet for a big man. He's six foot one. Uh, and is a UK size seven. Now I don't think a UK size seven's that small, but it, if you're over six foot, then I suppose it is. It would be. Uh, it would be a little bit on the small side. But
3: but I think I think Dominic's the winner here because as anyone who's <laughs> like I'm I'm similar height to him and I'm I'm a size ten. All the best yeah. trainers in size ten sell out really quickly. So yeah. he's he's laughing. I guess if he was size six, that would be a great walk around because he would still be able to get kid size shoes. Yeah, so that would be re- perfect. Really, yeah. he's, he's, he's just missed out. I mean, of course, there are some footballers who mm. like to soak their feet in cold water and go a size down so they feel more contact with the ball. So maybe he'd score even more long-distance goals and save money on his shoes if he wore a size six.
2: Blimey. You are like the Martin Lewis of uh, the Premier League uh, right now. <laughs> um, the money-saving expert, Andy Brassel, reaching out to uh, those Premier League footballers who are on six-figure salaries every I want to improve his
3: athletic performance
2: as well. <laughs> but you could save 40 quid, mate. Um, apparently, um, Ference Pushcash and Diego Maradona also had unusually small feet. So he's in good company.
3: But but they were both sub-six foot, weren't
2: they, So. That is very true, yeah. Diego Maradona also had a very, very small penis in that photo. Do you remember all the match of day? Like it's a, it's always
3: about or... England with you, isn't it? It's always about England.
2: <laughs> uh, Diego <laughs> Jota scored a lovely one for Liverpool last night, Andy. Lovely little flick. Good to see him uh, among the girls. Yeah,
3: beautiful. Beautiful mm-hmm. and uh, lo- lovely run by Quanta to create it for, for him as well. He's been really impressive start this season.
2: Yeah, Liverpool, they've they're obviously got Bournemouth away uh, in the next round of the Cup. Um, how do you feel about Liverpool this season, Andy? They're second in the league, going pretty well. They still... I the trouble is, I'm comparing them to Liverpool two or three years ago, You know, which is one of the best Premier League sides we've ever seen. So they're yeah. obviously not at that level. And they will always come off second best when compared to those teams, because... They were just so flipping good. So I'm looking at them in the table, thinking, good start, you know, scoring goals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I'm just not quite convinced well, that they'll be there when it, for, for you know, at the end of the season for the title race. But then that might be being a bit harsh there. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I th- I think they've got every reason to be optimistic. I think mm-hmm. the start is probably better results wise than it is performance wise. I think that's fair yeah. to say.
2: Yeah. Okay. That's a good way um, of
3: summing it up. And I think what's remarkable to me is the games against Chelsea and Bournemouth and Liverpool uh, and uh, Newcastle, sorry, which all could have yielded different results. Mm. And for large parts of the two away games, in particular, they didn't look like they were gonna they were gonna win those games. And after McAllister got incorrectly red carded. Um, that they were under the cost for quite a while against the Bournemouth side that still haven't won. So I think it's because they've been more impressive of late and because when they slap you with their front players, they really slap you with their front players. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy to forget that that part of the season. It's, it's weird. It's, it's as if they've almost had two seasons already, even though we're six, seven games into the season. So look, I think the the encouraging thing for Liverpool is... You can see what they're doing. You can see how they're improving. The results are good. And I think it's still quite a big margin for them to get better, as, as, as I think you do from what you were saying there before. Yeah, I think definitely, yeah. Like the midfield three that will eventually be, be the midfield three, I think almost picks itself. I think um, Endo, McAllister and solvers light are really complementary. Uh, I think you've got something to cover all bases there they're already much more athletic in midfield and we talked about what that did for Newcastle in a different situation that's what Liverpool really needed um going into this season protects their defense a little bit more and Endo will protect their defense better I I think and Darwin is I think going to have an absolutely Hmm. massive season I I mean we've only really seen small sample size of him so far this season but you know it's um it's very promising
2: It is indeed. As I say, they're they're away to Bournemouth in the next round, so they'll be favourites for that one. Chelsea beat Brighton 1-0. Chelsea winning their first game since beating your beloved AFC Wimbledon in the previous round of the Carabao Cup.
3: I mean, obviously I didn't see this game, Marcus. I'm willing to bet that they had Mm. more on-target shots (laughs) against Brighton (laughs) than they, they, they did against Wimbledon. You know, they had one shot on target in the first half of that game against Wimbledon, and it was a penalty. I mean, Mm -hmm. it it was one of those ones where you thought, yeah, like there have been loads of changes. Yeah, as we were saying about all the other teams and we were saying about the Football League teams on yesterday's Ramble, Wimbledon made loads of changes as well. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was was just pass, 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 and they they, they weren't creating anything. And it was was one of those things... It's difficult to
2: create against Wimbledon.
3: Yeah, that's it. Uh, Well, well, it wasn't last season, but I I, I think you look at that, and I, I remember like... You know, it's a very particular context. Obviously, playing a league two side, you can't really win because you know, if 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 you thrash them, everyone says you're expected to do that, and if if you struggle, you get it in the neck. But everything I've seen of Chelsea so far, it just it's it's like the back end of last season. It doesn't look like they're going to score a lot of goals. And what I would say though from tonight, which is obviously very positive. Um, has there been a player who's needed a goal as badly as Nicholas Jackson at such an early stage in the season, having already scored in the season?
2: Yes, I've. I no, Andy, I completely agree with you. you there the, the has problems, has it. but I think they're fair. I mean, I tell you what though, um, Old Sanchez in goal for Chelsea. I think he'd forgotten, didn't he, who he was playing for a couple of times early on in the game. Yeah. Flippin' Nora. <laughs> How Brighton didn't score at all last night—it was absolutely outrageous. You know, I felt sorry for the travelling support, but I mean they'll be back in in uh, in action soon and, and and among the goals and whatnot. But it was a big win for Chelsea. Richard Pochettino said um, with regards to whether it could be a turning point. He said it should be. It must be. It's about time. It won't be. You can see the cogs turning. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he said, "Today there were many positive things. Today we saw the players fighting to give their best. Well, I tell you what, the lemons are are beginning to to, to show their worth. And um, they did muck up the team sheet though. In the media box, they listed uh, Andre Santos instead of Cole Palmer in the starting eleven. And of course, Santos is on loan at Nottingham Forest, so not all mm. the I's have been dotted and not all the Ts have been crossed. But in Cole Palmer." Andy, they do have a very good player and he seemed to be among all the good stuff they did against Brighton uh, last night
3: yeah and look I think the way he's started the season with Manchester City is really unlucky to get sold by them but you know you have to sacrifice someone sooner or later don't you not that kind of sacrifice um, I, 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 I think you know you look at um, what Pep Guardiola said when he got rid of Tony Kroos at Bayern Munich for example he said I'd love to keep everyone and pay everyone, but you can't keep everyone and pay everyone. Mm. It's just not realistic. And, yeah. um, and we never I heard guess,
2: of Tony Cruz ever again.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I guess the concern really is for, for Palmer that, you know, he's, he's a very good player. He needs games and needs encouragement. But, you know, it's so hard to see what Chelsea are actually doing at the moment. So mm. if you want Palmer to succeed, it's, it's not easy to succeed that. That doesn't mean he won't. And, you know, mm. I think in terms of this, Chelsea needed this a lot more than Brighton. Because, I think, of the way the season's gone so far. And also, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's never a good thing when you get beaten, obviously. But with Brighton, it, it feels to me like they're going to take a little bit of time get into grips with European competition, which, bear in mind, Roberto de Serbi's not got an enormous amount of experience in himself. So, for them to lose one of the Cups, I I don't think, off the fixture list, I don't think is the worst thing in the world.
2: No, I don't think they're going to lose too much sleep over this. Chelsea, on the other hand, will be hosting Blackburn Rovers in the next round, where they'll be heavy oh. favourites, of course, despite... Blackburn um, uh, putting uh, Cardiff City to the sword. So uh, they'll be looking forward to that because they do have a bit of pedigree so far in this competition this season. Everton beat Aston Villa away 2-1. Of course, back-to-back victories for big Shawnee Dice's boys. Uh, it does mean that the, the Shawnee Dash derby will be happening in the next round because Burnley will be going to Goodison Park. Um, I said this uh, about the game against Brentford. I didn't see the win coming for Everton and I didn't see this one as well Andy I would have thought Aston Villa and Emery would have um, had their eyes on the League Cup of course or going deep in it but Everton came to town and uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin back among the goals
3: yeah it's so good to see Calvert-Lewin back and fit and scoring goals it's it's just terrific because he's just had a miserable miserable time and it's it's been really sad to see we know what a good player he can be uh, when he's on it and you know never must so have been, would
2: look so much better with him in the side he,
3: he makes he makes an enormous difference the thing is because yeah. of the situation that they're in they could never afford to replace him with an equivalent player of how good he is no. when he's when he when he's totally fit so you know it's mm-hmm. been a, a bit of a bit of diy in the meantime but if he's fit and in decent form in anywhere near decent form it makes a huge difference their season and I mean, whereas Villa, I think, will be very disappointed because they've had a well, they've had a pretty rubbish start in the cups, really, haven't they? We're going down to Legia in that first game, though. You know, they're still massive favourites for that, for the Conference League. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And they'll get out of the group, etc. But um, with this, it it did feel like a winnable. I, I I totally agree, especially with the direction in which they're they're hoping to go. Now, I guess with Everton. After all the difficulties they had, is this what's going to happen? Newcastle get all the way to the, the 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 Carabao Cup final. They think this year, it's our year. We've knocked Man United out. They can't stop us. And they get beaten by Everton in the final. What do you reckon?
2: <laughs> that would be quite something. Well, Andy, talking of uh, what will happen in the Cup, uh, we do know that Mansfield Town are hosting Port Vale, which <laughs> means one of these two will be in the quarterfinal of the Cup. Which is quite uh, something. Exeter City also hosting uh, Middlesbrough, so one of them will be through. You'd imagine Middlesbrough would be favourites for that one. Is it? Um, it is one of the the longest and most arduous away trips in English football. Surely, just thinking about that. Uh, yeah, but like Middlesbrough's south to me. I mean, whatever. I... Middlesbrough, you've changed. <laughs> You used to be a Londoner. Uh, is that, is that uh, Middlesbrough to Exeter? Oh, no, it was Plymouth Airport where uh, they opened up a little flight path for Neil Warnock when he was Middlesbrough manager. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Maybe wonderful. Exeter can put on the Warnock route or something as it's probably well known. Ryan, as yeah, is it London probably is. It probably is, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, indeed. Well, look, uh, I do know that uh, my beloved Fulham, uh, they're through in the uh, the cup, they beat obviously the, the David Wagner group um they are away to ipswich in the next round oh that could be fun yeah i uh i just i saw what happened in the wolves game R- R- remember marcus take
3: home. no change you're getting in for 25 quid if you're listening yeah, to yesterday's ramble
2: true. take no change and take no prisoners it's the andy Brassel away andy before we leave uh this ramble reacts i just wanted to uh talk to you very quickly about Victor Ossiman, because he started for Napoli and scored against Udinese last night in a 4-1 victory. Will that ease uh, the tension between him and the club, of course? Because uh, <laughs> it's just a bit of an odd situation, that one at the moment, really, between those two.
3: Yeah. I mean, how he's been treated has been pretty shameful. And the club have got a lot of uh, making up to do. Um, when he when he scored the goal last night, um, the, all, all his teammates jumped on him and made a big deal of him. And... Um, made sure he knew that he was loved, but it's going to take a, a bit more than that
2: and we'll be unpacking it on OTC later today. Excellent. You'll be on uh, with Dotton and David Cartledge, of course. Yeah. Um, I just- yeah, if I may, just to add something, Tyler. If you've not seen this, uh, do check out OTC because it seems utterly extraordinary that Victor Ossiman, one of the um, the most informed strikers in world football, obviously fantastic last year when Napoli were incredible in Serie and yet the club were mugging him off on social media. It's just like, that's just absurd. It just seems ridiculous to me that whoever's running that that social media account, well. A change of career might be uh, might be preferable all around there thank you very much for listening to today's Ramble React. Andy and I will be back tomorrow with Jim and Vish for the preview show so get your ears around that lot come Friday in the meantime find us on Twitter TikTok Instagram and YouTube at Football Ramble and remember yeah. to subscribe on your podcast app nice one Andy Brassel thank you and nice one Carabelle we'll see you on Friday
0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to Quince.com/slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.